the most important piece of my journey to where I am now is that self-reflection and finding out who I am and who I want to be before they put me in the ground. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 137, episode number 230. Thank you so much for being here, for giving me your time. It is my goal to deliver nothing but pure value to you. And my guest today is the epitome of value. He's a really interesting guy, a very genuine guy, and he really just wants to help other people. My guest today is a former Green Beret, Herbert Thompson. This is an incredible episode see where he's come how he's gotten there and then what he's continuing to do now so he had an interesting journey before he joined the military during the military and he's having massive impact after the military so no matter where he is in his life he's having impact and he's always yearning for growth I think that's really important. We also talked about encouraging conversation within yourself and with other people, which is one of my favorite things to do is why I have conversations. So I loved that we keyed down on that. Herb's really big on the way you're thinking. So not teaching people what to do, but why we're doing them. Herb wrote a book about transitioning out of the military, which is one of the reasons I really keyed into him and what he's doing. And then I realized that he's doing a ton more than just writing awesome books. So we talk about those things in this episode. Remember, you can find this episode, all the other conversations to contemplations on ChristophLewis.com forward slash podcast or on any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find me on Instagram at Christoph Lewis. One of the awesome ways to help the podcast out is to share it with a friend or check out all the other 229 episodes we got going on here. This is some incredible guests, some incredible content, a lot of things that I've learned in my life that I've turned around and shared with you. So without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis podcast, Create Your Career. Uh, it's a privilege to hop on here with you. This this could be really cool. Yeah. Thanks so much. I've been looking forward to this for a real long time. And I'll tell you why is because I just told you offline and I'm going to tell them right here is that I deal a lot and I talk a lot with people that are going through military transition or going through a transition from one career to another. There's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of differences, but being former Navy, that's what I focus on. So it's cool to have you on here. And it's one of the things I want to talk to you about is the book that you've written about that and your experience with that. And before we get into any more, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to anybody that doesn't know. Yeah, so I, I guess a day away from signing on leave, been retired out of the Army for a year now. Um, Long story short, I joined at 17. I knew I wanted to join when I was a little kid, and I didn't have many options. So I joined at 17. I had worked, you know, a couple odd farm jobs during the summer in a Burger King, and then said, "Hey, let's go in the army." And um, <laughs> met my goals in there. I became a, a drill sergeant and one drill sergeant of the year for the army. And then kind of sat in my rocking chair thinking, "Hey, what if I'm <laughs> 60 years old and what it could have, should have?" So I said, "I want to be special forces." That's always been my other goal. Was during the Green Beret, so I went and did that. And then I uh, spent the last half of my career as a Green Beret, uh, retiring out of there. And then, you know, 
why I brought up Burger King and working in a farm field is I didn't know where I was going to go after that. So yeah. I had to like, <laughs> had to do some soul searching and find something, you know, something else to do. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's interesting to me since I have a lot of these conversations and I look within myself that you said you didn't have a lot of options before you joined. I'm wondering uh, right off the bat, why was that the case? Yeah. Well, I think part of it was just my, uh, I was immature. There was no way I was going to school. No way. I grew up in a poor family and there was no way I was going to be able to pay for schooling. Sure. Quite frankly, I probably would not have made it a semester. I was a snot-nosed seventeen-year-old kid who <laughs> thought he knew everything, and then you know, drill sergeant on day one showed me I didn't. Yeah, but how cool is that? Because I, I will. So I went to college, but I dropped out. I, it wasn't for me. I hated it. I hated learning. And turns out, I actually really like learning and having these kind of conversations. It's really funny how that turns around. It's even funnier that you said like. As soon as you showed up, the drill sergeant just kind of showed you like that was not the case. And then you ended up being drill sergeant of the year. So one of the things that I've been dying to ask you is it's not easy to do something like that. And there's definitely a lot of special and really important characteristics that are involved with that. But what do you think is one of the more important lessons that led to your success as a drill sergeant? Yeah, I I think the first one, and I think it goes with leadership and, and being a drill sergeant is caring. Mm. You, you really want to make a difference. You really want to, you got to love what you do. It's a lot of time. There's, you know, a lot of the weeks are hundred hour work weeks. You don't see your family. You, you don't see anything. You're, yeah. you know, you leave to sleep and then some yeah. nights you're staying there all night. So you have to really have a passion for it and care about, you know, transforming America's sons and daughters. And like, it's probably the only, everybody remembers their drill sergeant or basic training instructor. But if you're like, Hey, who's your fifth grade science teacher? You know, most people can't say that there's, there's not many positions that are so impactful on one's life, maybe like a high school football coach, baseball coach or something. But I mean, in a short period of time, a, you know, a training instructor from any service probably makes the biggest impact on Mm -hmm. one's life in the shortest amount of time. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, such a culture shock. Like you were saying, I mean, I think I'm pretty safe to say that, for most people that go through some kind of boot camp, it's pretty much just a culture shock. I was a guy that joined at 22 years old. I'd been on my own for four years, whatever that means, you know, like out of my parents' house. And I showed up there and I thought, I'm not even joking when I say this. I thought I was living a dream. Like I thought I made a really bad decision. I thought I made the worst decision ever in my life up until then. And honestly, I felt like that probably for the first year of my career. And it took a little while for me to snap out of that and stop having this negative output on what I, what I volunteered to do, you know? So it's cool to hear you mention those things, caring, love what you do. And I know that that's something that's really kind of rose to the surface for me is, you know, this podcast. I really care about this podcast. I care about the people that I interview. I care about the people that listen to this podcast and I through and through love what I do with this. So I know that's what I have that here. And I do believe firmly in what you said is you will see success eventually if you do those things and you feel those way about it and you're able to articulate that to the people that you're working with. So you obviously did that. You obviously were very successful with that. So it's incredible to see that. I don't think that's a very easy feat. And then to be able to get a beret after you said 10 years that you were in, right? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool, man. I I love that. That's one of the questions I definitely wanted to ask. So it's um, something that's not easy is after 20 years of service is to get out. I think, like I said, I focus on transitions not only in the military but i try to talk to people that are uh, i want to encourage like hey go to, go do what you really want to do and you don't have to be held down but after 20 years working everywhere anywhere that can be that's a long time so how was i mean you obviously made a book about it and i really do want to talk more about it 
but how was your mindset? Let's focus on that first. Like, how was, how are you feeling before this transition? I mean, 20 years, you know, it's coming. (laughs) How does that walk us through that? Well, I, I, I know we don't know what we don't know. And I knew I did not know a lot. Uh, (laughs) So so I was like, well, I got to figure this out. And thankfully, somebody, you know, a actually Vietnam era Green Beret who's gone on to be a successful businessman. We just happened to have a conversation two nights in a row. And he kind of that conversations. It, it, he wasn't even talking to me about transition, but he was. Yeah. And it kind of opened yeah. my eyes. Well, I need to start thinking of this. And then I was like, well, I know nothing about being a civilian um, because in a lot of ways, I say we're institutionalized and a lot of people look at that negatively, but we're kind of sequestered when you're in the military, you deal with military people. Even if you live off base, your neighbors are military people in a lot of cases. And that's the only thing you deal with. It's a whole different way of life traveling all around the world. So, you know, there was a whole lot I didn't know. So I just relied back on my military training and planning what I learned and said, well, if it works to, you know, in this case, conduct unconventional warfare and, do a campaign in another country, why the heck wouldn't it work to find a new career and get a new job? Uh, but it, it's much more than a job because that's just one part of it. You know, there's mm-hmm. the leaving the uniform behind, some identity there, um, all that goes into it. So, you know, that started a whole lot of self-reflection, which mm-hmm. is, I think was the most important piece of, of my journey to where I am now is that self-reflection and finding mm-hmm. out who I am and who I want to be before uh uh, they put me in the ground. Yeah. So there's a lot of important things going on there. I think one of the most important things is that you talk to somebody, somebody that had already done it, somebody that had done it and been successful at it, at that. I think that's really important. I know for me again, and I will say I'm, I'm, I'm sharing my own story as well, because now there's two people, <laughs> me and uh, my guest that have both talked to somebody outside of the military that had already done it. And I had a guy, you know, I was an electronics technician and I did a lot of IT work in the Navy too. And this guy had gone on to do IT work out of the Navy. It had been a successful transition and I talked to him and he helped. So this is like, I want to highlight these themes, like hey, listen up, like talk to somebody. I like talking about mentorship. So that helps, man. Yeah. And I, I mean, I took it to next level. I mean, I ended up conducting, you know, we say informational interviews, like it's some fancy thing. It, it's two people talking, usually two mm-hmm. people talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I it consumed my life because I wanted to figure this out and uh, I didn't want to become a statistic. So I ended up talking with over 2000 people in the last, you know, two and a half years. Wow. Uh, and in not all veterans, but it, it really helped inform my decisions uh, of where I was going. Wow. You know, just getting that information and data helped steer me to what I wanted to do and where I'm headed. So you're polling a lot of people in the positions that you want to work out or potentially want to work out. Or can you explain more? It, yeah, so I give a perfect example. Of, sure. uh, I, I grew up poor in a small town, so we had one bank, and there was a couple tellers, and then there's somebody in the back office. And then I hear people tell, say, hey, why don't you go into banking? And I'm like, okay, they're not talking about the tellers, but are they talking about the guy or the gal in the back office? I'm like, oh, there's this Wall Street. I didn't know what banking was. So I reached out and talked to people in banking, and very quickly, after a few conversations, figured out I didn't want to be in banking. Yeah. But I did that for all industries to so just talk to people. What, yeah. Literally, what is your job? How have you been successful? And then finding out what they did for work. And I mean, I talked across all industries and then I kind of started narrowing it down to what I wanted to do uh, by getting that information and, you know, seeing, you know, what wow. other people are doing and what, what it's really like to be a consultant or in a tech company or a sales manager, you, you name the position. Yeah. I probably didn't do enough of that myself. I'm be honest with you. I mean, I, 
did like my first job that I had post-military. I really enjoyed the people that I work with. I was, I was lucky for that. I was lucky to have the position in, in a sense. I mean, I worked for it, but it wasn't right for me. And, you know, I, I left that job after about, you know, 15, 18 months or something like that. So I think that's a great point for anybody moving to another position. But what I like a lot about what you're doing and your book is that it goes into not necessarily like, this is how we're going to do it. Like these are the steps to do it, but it's the, it's the way of thinking, as you've said. And I, I really, really enjoy that. I try to do that as well. I mean, I think that if somebody shows you exactly how to do it, it's not going to really work in the long run. And you got to really know like what is making that person tick to be able to do that stuff. Yeah. I mean, everyone's different. What you want in life is different. What I want in life, what our skills are, where we're headed, so I think that's actually the problem with the system is people try to make a checklist for it and say, do yeah. this and you'll be fine. And no one knows you like you do. So yeah. you ha- And that's hard to have those self-talks in the mirror, if you will, and be like, hey, what do I hard. really want to do? What's going to make me happy? What's going to fulfill me? Oh, by the way, I got to put food on the table, too. And uh, that's going to be different for everyone. Yeah, it's still hard. I mean, I've been out for well a year and a half i guess coming up on two years and i still have these questions i mean i think it's healthy to have the questions to to look in the mirror and ask yourself these questions continuously or at some at some cadence i i definitely agree and a, a common theme is some people i talked to did not think of that did were not mm, addressing it and sure. then years later it bubbled up because you know they hadn't been thinking about it and all of a sudden wow after 10 20 years out they were like what am i doing i just been sitting here punching a clock at this company and yeah I've hated my life. Why am I doing this? So I think, I think it helps, you know, it's, it's, it's healthy. It is healthy. And I, that's another thing that I like seeing. I spend a good time on Instagram. I do a lot of talking to people on Instagram and things like that. I think it's a good thing. I try to use the tool as for good things. Like you were saying, positive, like when positive people are trying to talk in positive way, what could go wrong? And honestly, I, I see social media just as that as well. I try to leverage it that way. So one of the questions that I always love asking is something that sounds obvious when I ask it, but I always say that I ask it to promote the answer. And my question to you is why do you help people? Why did you write a book to help people? Why do you continuously, why are you having this conversation with me? Why do you spend so much of your time to do things like that? Yeah, the the simplest answer is uh, I believe our country will be better off the more people who are successful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we probably need that more now more than ever. So that that's the short of it. But I look back on my life and, you know, being drill sergeant of the year, being wherever I was at, it, it was from mentors, you know, either yeah. making me do something or pushing me. And they they took time to make I didn't get to where I am today by myself. Yeah. So I think that's that's what makes our country great is we we all can lift each other up. And I know that sounds a little corny, but it, it, at the end Amen. of the day, it, yeah. it's true. Yeah. So that's I mean, it. I feel fulfillment. And that was part of finding out what I wanted to do. I literally enjoy seeing people successful. Uh, you could put me in the middle of any big time stadium, put 100,000 people in there and say, hey, give some training, give a presentation, go to the bathroom at the 50 yard line. I would be fine. You put me in front of two people and say, give me an award and I'm freaking out because <laughs> I, you know, I just, I love helping other people and seeing their, their success and that, you know, that it's kind of like on Christmas day. I don't care about getting gifts. I want to see other yeah. people unwrap their yeah. gifts. It's a special so, feeling. It's a really special yeah. feeling. And I do, and, I do agree that we need more of that. And, and what I love about it, it's not a feeling you can buy. Mm-mm. It's not a feel, you know, it's just, you can only get that by from genuinely helping someone else. 
yeah it is genuine it absolutely is genuine that's it's such a good feeling <laughs> you're right yeah, i just with, think about with it no expectation in return because that's yeah. what happens to me a lot of people are like what can i do for you in return help the next person yeah I, that's it and just pay it forward mm-hmm. yeah so if you're listening to this podcast right now i kindly ask you to pay it forward and spark the conversation with somebody else to have this even uh like we were talking about talking to the mirror like talk to yourself and and have that conversation that tough conversation potentially with yourself that's something that i think it's safe to say we both want to highlight uh get comfortable just talking about those things with yourself and then talk with somebody Definitely. else about them is is something good so you talked about the shock that you had uh, that was very similar to mine when you're going to boot camp initially and how they made you realize uh, a lot of things very quickly so unless that's it was there any other shift in mentality or behaviors that you experienced in your life from post or pre-military into or even even before at any point in your life was there any kind of shift or was it a slow crescendo into the mindset that you have now yeah i i mean i think we evolve over time Mm -hmm. it if I look back, I, you know, let's, let's be real. When I was 13, 12 years old, ninth grade, I went to summer school and high school or, you know, yeah. for English because <laughs> I failed. And it wasn't because I don't know English though. You know, I don't have a doctorate in it. You know, I can, I know a little bit of the language. It was because I didn't care. You know, I wasn't applying myself. Yeah. And around that time, a couple mentors and one of them unfortunately has passed away. And then one of them was a, a science teacher uh, was just, they, cared about me and actually one of them was the in-school suspension monitor full disclosure and was like what are you doing man you got promise and he could see it in me as like a you know you know as a teenager you got promise and that to me i think started of like okay started me on the track Mm -hmm. and then i think just through time it's evolved of of like okay and i look at it now after the military it's like that's not gonna be the best part of my life like the book's not over yeah you know the movie the movie's not over and now they're rolling credits. No, there's hopefully a lot more years left on this earth to make a difference. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that's all we got. So uh, let's do something. And that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, man. That's why I love asking these questions. And sometimes like I ask like, what do you help people? Or was there like, it's because even though it sounds obvious, I think a lot of times we overlook what really happened and what you described to me is yet another mentor in your life. So I see a common theme of people being able to step up into your life and more importantly, for this person at a young age to see in you what you could not see any of yourself. So I think that coincides with what we're encouraging here is the conversation. So not only encouraging the conversation within yourself and other people, but looking in on other people's lives and seeing, you know, be, being there for them when they might not be there for themselves when like this person was for you. And it, it was Certainly. a slow crescendo after that, but you may have not gone down that path. I don't know if that person had stepped in. Yeah, no, definitely. There's if you know different times in my life. If people had not stepped in, I don't know where I'd be today. Yeah. Uh, just you know, fortunately, people say luck, but if you work hard and opportunity, and then oh, by the way, somebody just has to be looking out for you and slaps you in the back of the head figuratively and pushes you, you know, one way, mm-hmm. uh, kind of sets you on course. Mm-hmm. I think so, and I love to see that you, you've had that common theme of mentorship in your life as well and then i think that's a huge from my point of view a contributing factor to why you have helped so many people and continue to do that write books about i mean that's uh it's pretty plain plain as day for me to see that and seeing another thing i wrote down real quick is like we talked about seeing it in other people so again i want to highlight that 
So you've obviously experienced a lot of things in your military career and just in life in general, pre-military, post-military. Again, I'm, I'm looking for something that might be, is there any been like a, a personal struggle, a personal obstacle, uh, whether it be personal or whether it be professional, something like that, that was continuing to help define the the path that you are, the journey that you are on in this life? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think this, I hope this answers the question. Um, I, I said I came from nothing. Nobody in my yeah. family had ever graduated college. Laborers to being on welfare to, you know, living in trailer parks to whatnot. And I was, uh, I thought that's not the life I want and I'm going to change that. So that has really been a contributing factor to, driving me to say, Hey, for my kids, they're going to have it differently. And they're still going to be, you know, raised properly in my mind, but they're going to have different opportunities. You want to better for the next generation. Yeah. So I need to work hard to do that. And, you know, we're given our name and that reputation precedes you in most cases. So what, what are you going to make of it? And then what are you going to look in yourself in the mirror and be like, Am I a good person? Am I doing good? Am I doing the right things? And that, I don't know if that answers the question, but it was kind of the first thing that came to mind when you, when you asked. No, I think, and if that's the, the way you feel as if to answer the question, then yes, that's absolutely, I think, the way to answer a question because that's how you feel about it. And again, one of the things I pulled out of there is nobody went to uh, college in, in your family and you said like that. And I don't, I always want to highlight to people again. There's a lot of things that I try to pull out and highlight, of course. And one of them is that, like I said myself, I was a college dropout and it's not a prerequisite for success. I'm not against college, yeah, no. but it certainly isn't yeah. a prerequisite. And that, that leads me into some of the other things I wanted to talk about is just education in general, because education, whether you're going to college or whether you're a Green Beret in the military, you need to be educated. I mean, for Christ's sake, you have to be knowing exactly what the heck you're doing in your position like that. So how did you become, uh, I feel as if in that position, you have to become obsessed with learning in some capacity. And that's what it is. And, uh, you alluded to earlier of like, you love learning, but maybe it wasn't sitting in a college classroom yes. learning. <laughs> um, so, no, you have to be. And a lot of people, especially, you know, drill sergeants, but even thinking Green Berets, people especially like, oh, you jump out of planes and shoot guns. And like, okay, yes, we do that. Yeah. But like, there's a whole, that's a small minuscule part of it. Mm -hmm. We're actually studying cultures. Yeah. We're studying people. Because when you get in a situation, oh, by the way, they insert us and there's 10 of us, 12 of us, five of us, whatever it is. And hey, here's your guerrilla force you're going to partner with. And they all don't look like you. They all speak a different language. And they all may or may not like where you're from. And oh, by the way, they all have guns. So if I don't know the people, I don't know the culture, I don't know the history of their, I don't know their religion, how am I going to how am I going to survive essentially? So you have to always be thirsting for knowledge and on people, on policies, on, you know, the ways of the world. And yeah, it's just you, it's constantly just seeking more information to, because uh, yeah. there's the strong way to get through life, but uh, that's usually not the people who are successful. It's the people who get smarter and grow and personally and, and yeah. learn. So what are some of your favorite ways now in the present to be able to continue your education? Uh, I think one, like, the education, obviously, I'm doing an executive MBA at Cornell, awesome institution. Who would have thought growing up, kid fell out of high school and be going to an Ivy League MBA go. program. And I did a graduate certificate program up at Dartmouth at the Tuck School of Business. So who the heck would have thought that? But 
to me, like there's learning there, but this is learning conversations right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is conversations, finding no, interesting, successful people. That is learning. Yeah. Two, reading, whether it's books. I mean, now with the advent of social media, news websites, there's so much you can learn if you just apply yourself and want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, that's kind of how I go about approaching it is, I think the day, and I say this a lot, like the day I stopped learning is, you know, put me in the ground because yeah. there's, you're learning something every day. And if you think you know it all, well, I mean, I hate to be the person to tell you that we don't, <laughs> we're always, you know, growing and evolving. Yeah. I don't want to meet the person that thinks they know everything. I mean, we, I think we probably all met somebody like that in our yes. lives and it's yeah. not the person I want to hang out with. And I've nope. been guilty of saying the same thing that you said as well. I, I truly do want to be learning until the day I die. I've even kind of made an episode out of out of it in the past about how I'd never want to retire because it yeah, you know, alluding again yeah, to yeah. I don't I don't ever want to stop working in the sense of learning and helping other people. And if, if this is the way I can do it, then I want to continuously do that. And I would very much agree that having these conversations, saying this out loud, it uh forces you to articulate yourself. Well, why do I feel this way? You know, and yeah. certain people ask certain questions a little bit differently and get you to think about things a little bit differently. And that definitely yeah, helps. That, that brings up something I like too, is I don't necessarily, if you're a white guy with a beard named Herb and you're a green brain, a drill sergeant, I don't want to talk to you. I, cause I know that guy. Yeah. But like different people from different walks of life, different experiences. That to me is when it really internally starts being fun because like if somebody's like, well, I disagree with you. Yeah. Like, God dang, I'm pretty smart. What do you mean you disagree with me? Why? And then you have that discussion you start, hearing what they say and then you're like oh wow maybe that is a good idea and you start you know you start really pushing yourself to you know think think bigger and really see the problem through that's why i love talking with people from all walks of life uh just because i think that's how you develop more well-rounded and you grow to be a better person it's really important i (laughs) i wish i knew and i'd like to encourage more of that is knowing that it's okay to disagree with people and encouraging it like that. I, I literally always think back to one person, John, if you're listening to this, you know, it's you and he he and I don't see eye to eye on many major political things, but you know what? We don't bite each other's head off for those things. Uh, I mean, we're quite literally on the opposite end of the spectrum, but I'm like, seriously, man, why do you feel this way? And he doesn't have this emotional response of, blah, 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 what you typically hear in the news. It's exactly like, these are the facts that I I am seeing, you know, why do you feel the way you're feeling? So what you said is really important. And I do feel as if, I mean, if you think you you know everything and you're continuously talking, like you said, to all the people that have done exactly what you done, how can you expect to expand your knowledge? I don't think you can, maybe in that one niche, but if you're truly trying to learn more about the world around you and more about people around you, then you're going to have to step out of that bubble. Yeah, I 100% agree. And it, it just made, I don't even know why this popped in my head. It made me think of like the Cold War with the Soviet Union. It was two powers on opposite sides saying nuclear, you know, mass destruction of like, and then what happened? People talked and then, oh, why, why the wall fell down and, you know, yeah. that part of it was over. But it, that's what happens. It, you know, two people are just sitting there and they can't talk that there's no, there's nothing positive going to come out of two opposing sides, just sitting there facing off. They have to talk mm-hmm. and we're all never going to agree. I've never met someone. Uh, I don't even agree with myself a hundred percent of the time. So <laughs> how, how am I going to find someone that I agree with a hundred percent of the time? But you, you know, I 
I think that, and then to me, the big thing in my life is being, if you're around positive people, positive things happen. Yeah. And if you're around negative people, negative things seem to happen. So I try to find people that are different and that are positive. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about before we, before we leave for the night, I wanted to talk about what you found the SF two biz, the 501. And again, I'm huge on highlighting this kind of stuff. And I think it's really cool that, I mean, you're just continuously creating things that help other people. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So we're still small, but it's, uh, I saw there was a need. There's a lot of people help a transition, but I truly believe not that we're better, but I believe green berets are unique in their skill sets coming out of the military. And most people don't understand it. They don't know what special forces is. They don't know what green berets are. And they think about jumping out of planes and shooting guns. Uh, so I was, hey, I saw there was a need there, so let's do that. So essentially right now, the early stage is still, because it's a side gig for all of us that mm-hmm. are involved, connect people with mentors and opportunities. And we try to say, hey, we'll get you over the drop zone, hook you up with mentors, introduce you to opportunities, get you over the drop zone in the airplane and say jump, but we're not going to pack your parachute and we're not going to be on the ground at this point to to catch you. So I think – the more people we can help. And, you know, I, a buddy of mine, I helped uh, through it. And he said, you've done, if you stop right now, your work's been worth it. So to me, it's like, I want to help more, but like every, is one person more important than the other? No. So just, you know, as long as we keep helping one person at a time or small numbers, then it's, it's valuable, but it's how can we scale that up to help even more. No, you're you're right. I'm looking to help more than just green braids. Also, that's kind of my next venture going forward is, and that's why I talk to all kinds of people, all walks of life, all services, um, uh, in transition, actually people that aren't even, you know, veterans at all. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, just getting people to uh, get to where they need to be. Well, that's the common theme in this podcast, at least with you and, and everything you're doing is getting people there, not catching the fish for them, teaching them how the fish kind of thing, your book, everything we've talked about. So if it, to me, it makes sense why your business would be having that model as well. And I think it's really smart to be able to do that. It encourages people to do the work on their end as well, because they know that somebody else is not going to be there to catch them. So they have to, they have to get out there and, and, and get to work. Yeah, they they have to have buy-in. It's kind of who appreciates something more, mm-hmm. uh, somebody that buys something or somebody that earns it. And I know people will tell me, hey, what's it like to be a Green Bray? Uh, I don't know. Go go to the store, go online, buy one for 20 bucks, and you can – it wasn't it wasn't that moment. It was the moment I earned it that made it special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get out of here for the night, I would love for people to be able to find your book, find this business. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so The Transition Mission, it's on Amazon, uh, getting great reviews, or uh, sf to biz sf the number 2 bizcom is our website. And then uh, feel free to reach out. very uh, active on LinkedIn. So go ahead and feel free to reach out to me there and uh, always want to have a chat. Awesome. Well, you guys will be able to find all of that and more in the show notes. As always, I encourage you to reach out because this conversation has been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. Digging into the why for a lot of these things. It's always interesting for me. Like I said, again, a lot of these questions may sound obvious, but I, I really do want to know. There's a reason why I ask them on here. So uh, there's a lot of good takeaways from here. And I would encourage you guys to go out there and have the conversation, reach out to people like Herb and other people like that. So, all right, Herb, thank you so much for being here and have a great rest of your night, man. That was really fun. Appreciate it. No, this is awesome, man. I really appreciate having me on. All right. See you.